my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, pretty people, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing well. This week, we are continuing the series of mistakes I made in my intimacy disorders in different points of my journey in different stages of relationships. And so for today, I want to talk about three mistakes I made when I was dating when I was active in my love avoidance behavior. So last week, I talked about what it looked like when I was active in my love addiction. And, and y'all, afterwards, even though I intentionally have created this platform and this podcast um, to help women who have persistent relationship issues and consistently feel like they are the anomalies, to feel like you're the only ones, that you're crazy, that you shouldn't be feeling this way, that you should know better, your friends have a better handle of it, your therapist has been working with you and things aren't kicking off and you're just wondering if there's something fundamentally wrong with you. That is why I've created this podcast, for us to know that we are not alone, for us to know that Everything that we are going through, there are words for it. There's language for it. There is, there's an ability to heal it. That's why I created this podcast. And even, even with that being my intention, afterwards, I had to fight this little part of me that was like, oh, that was a little bit too. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pots Foaming Wash and Wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot Wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot Wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the Foaming Wash and Wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today like the name of the podcast is black girls heal is going to attract black women of all types of all intimacy styles of all attachments and they are going to hear that episode and be like oh what is this but here's the thing I think part of what sets a lot of people back and keeps so many of us in shame is because we try to 
water down our experiences. We try to deny what our actual truth is. So we'll tell people what our feelings are. We tell people what happened to us just enough, but we don't talk about how deep it hurt us. We don't talk about the 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 real intense shame that comes along with it. We don't talk about um, the narrative that we have in our head that we are always going to be alone, especially because so many of us are high functioning. We're great at putting on masks. We are great at making everything look right. So we will smile and talk about our issues and take people's advice and maybe even cry a little bit. But we are not going to be honest when we're like, okay, that was great, but it didn't actually get to me the way that I needed to. Or I tried all that before and it still didn't work. Like the truth seems too outlandish. It seems too um, dysfunctional for us to be be forthright about it. And so my hope in having these next series of episodes talking about um, what it looked like for me personally, again, even though I know we have almost 100, is, is this going to be episode 100? It's either episode 99 or 100. I'll do something special afterwards. <laughs> I want to I don't want to have any interruptions in this series, but I just needed to reaffirm to myself after last week's episode that no, this is the place for my love addicts, for my love avoidance, for my love deprived ladies, aka love anorexics is typically the language that's used in 12-step meetings and um if you google it, but that's what this is for, for black women who who relate to those terms and And I hope that you continue to find this healing and helpful. So with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. So these are things that I have done over different relationships when I was dating. And again, I'll have another episode when I talk about what it looked like for me when I was in committed long-term relationships Um, and because the dynamics slightly change when you are with someone, um, the way that it may present. And these things can happen within the same relationship that you go back and forth between being very um, um, over-attached or addicted to or codependent with someone. You can go back and forth between these two extremes. I know that that's a common question that I ask, um, and we can talk about why that happens a little bit later, but I just want you to know that it's okay if you relate to everything all at the same time. Um, the love addiction episode from last week and this one. So the first thing that I used to do in this episode will not be um, exhaustive because it's just going to be how these things presented for me. But the first thing I used to do was not being clear with my intentions when I liked somebody. So again, this is when I was single and dating, when I was active in my love avoidance, the opposite of me being very, very attached to these people and very much obsessed or in fantasy or very open and available. When I was love avoidant, um, people wouldn't know if I liked them or not. (laughs) They would have no idea. And meanwhile, in my head, I might be like, ooh, he is it. He is the one. And homeboy would have no earthly idea. And so there are a lot of reasons why this happened. And so I'm going to list three of those reasons. And so the first one was just low self-esteem. Again, like many of us, I might not have 
ever called it low self-esteem at the time. I felt as if I really liked myself and I felt as if I really loved myself and I had all these structures in place that made it seem that way um, and that showed outward evidence of it. However, I would have a lot of self-consciousness when it came to being outwardly expressive and vulnerable that I liked someone unless I knew that they liked me first. Um, It was very hard for me to be um, flirtatious and open in that way. Here is where I know this is definitely where there's a spectrum of experiences, even within our community. Some people are avoidance and you will keep people at arm's distance, but you have no problem going up to somebody, um, being very flirtatious, being in their space, being very obvious. You might never let them in. <laughs> you might ever. You might not ever trust them, or once you do start to trust them, you will sabotage it or all of that, right? Um, but this is just how it showed for me. And I actually think this is really common. I think many of us will, uh, many of us who relate to this, Um, may identify as being shy when it comes to being around people who we are interested in and um, getting very self-conscious. But really, it is because we haven't learned that we are amazing. We haven't actually learned that we are beautiful, that we are engaging to talk to, that our interests are worth being explored, that people care about what we um, have have to say unless they tell us first. And again, that is just repeated trauma that just shows up in our adult relationships. And so we are very risk averse. As much as love avoidance really like to be, well, I guess it goes along with it. Love avoidance, we love to be in control. We want to control the environment. We want to control whether or not we can be rejected or whether or not we're in power and where the game pieces are. And so by us holding back until we are crystal clear that they like us, it is a way to have control. The second reason that this happened for me was I had a big disconnection to my sexuality. And, you know, we we may get into this more, not necessarily specifically my story, but some things that may cause this. Later on this year, I, I hope to have a series on healing our sexuality and sexual shame. In our first year, I had a survey where about 70, 70 to 80 of y'all completed, which is amazing because the only place I posted it or talked about it was on the podcast. So 70, 80 of y'all, when the podcast was smaller, like you took the time to come and answer the survey, which I really appreciated. But you talked about what um, your connection to your sexuality and your sexual health and how it looks like in your relationships. And it is it was really helpful to see what's been going on for y'all and what might be most helpful for y'all to learn about in the future. But for me, the best word, and I hate to use this word, even though it's accurate, just because of how intense it sounds. But there was almost like this revulsion of of me being a sexual being and mixed up with some shame and mixed up with some guilt. And so the way that it looks like is I would, instead of me being outwardly flirtatious with people, I would regress and get smaller. It was really hard for me to tap into that sensual side of myself. And to when it comes to being in relationships, you have to be able to be open to that. You have to be able to be open to lightly touching someone's shoulders or holding eye contact with them 
for an extended period of time, giggling and tilting your head to the side, letting yourself blush. Like you, you need to be comfortable with letting people admire your body and admire and take in your frame. And of course, y'all know I'm not saying this in a, in a creepy or predatory way, but your body is made in a very attractive way, <laughs> attractive way to whatever partners you are dating or that you are open to of all genders, sizes, races, whatever. And so I would have a lot of um, restriction related to that. And so when it came to being with partners and dating, I would really shut that down. And I would say in my head, I'll let them know, I'll let them get that, get to know that piece of me, but they need to initiate it first. And here's the thing, y'all, people can only do so much if you're not open to it. It's nobody else's responsibility to make you feel comfortable in your own skin. If they're doing all the right things, if they are being a gentleman or a gentlewoman, if they are respecting your boundaries, if they are making known their interests, it is up to you to show up as your full self. And that's something that you are in charge of. You are the one who's in charge of saying what you want and saying what you need. So it was very easy for me to get close to people as friends But when it came to tapping into me being a potential romantic partner, because I had either I had friend zoned them or I had friend zoned myself, it just didn't it just didn't happen. I was not a prospect for them. And it was just because I exuded that this wasn't safe for me and these people respected it, of course. There were other relationships where people really loved the challenge of it and that I made it a lot easier. And those were typically the toxic people. But again, that's a whole, (laughs) that's the other episode um, that I already did. But like with healthy people, and I've said this before, when it came to healthy and available people, I would make all kinds of excuses of why I had to shut that part down. And it wasn't conscious, but it happened. And then the third thing I want to say about this before I move to the second mistake that I made when I was dating as a love addict is the reason why I was not clear with my intentions that I liked them was because of the impact of religious, Christian specifically, culture. So my disclaimer before I talk about this more is I want to support anybody and everyone who is using your faith and your spiritual belief and principles to guide your actions in relationships. That's awesome. However, what I'm about to describe is whenever it is used in a way that highlights the parts of you that are broken, that may use shame as a teaching tool and teaching technique, and also does not allow for a more healthy and balanced representative view of what it looks like to have relationships with other people. It's one that may go into the different extremes instead of actually actually embracing the fullness and freedom of what the intention is, right? So I just I just want to say that before I get into my experience because I also know from being a part of this world how how sensitive and how triggering it can be whenever you are hearing someone provide a critical lens of it. 
So that's my disclaimer. So this might be the case across other spiritual belief systems and, and cultures and disciplines, but I can only speak to Christianity. So I became a Christian in late teens, early college, and I was very active. I've said this before. I was very active in those years in Christian ministry. And so at the same time that I was finally getting freedom and access to um, more social groups and social engagements and boys, I was also learning about the right rules of what it means to date as a Christian. And so very much in Christian culture is you don't date, you court. And you only court slash date, but you only court people that you are for sure going to marry. And there are tons of teachings and, and instructions that basically tell us as women to be pure and be set apart and don't be so obvious that we like somebody because they are going to notice us across the way over time and notice our good, pure heart and how amazing we are. And even though the room is full of 100, 100 amazing other Christian women, they are going to notice us across the way and build a relationship with us, build a friendship with us. But because they're a good Christian man, they're not going to outwardly flirt with us. Um, we're all going to hang together out as a group. And then one day he will decide to ask you out on a date. And and you do, you do not have to, in fact, do not be sexually su suggestive or do not incorporate any part of that into your life. You need to just focus on the ministry, focus on loving people, focus on volunteering and all of that. Don't flirt. In fact, even when you start dating, still don't do too much of that because y'all might have sex and fall into sin. And so really it's best for you to be as friendly and as set apart as a couple as you can until you walk down the aisle. Otherwise you will fall into temptation. And if you tell that to me, a love avoidant or someone who's looking for a reason to create distance, amazing. You're telling me I don't have to do any work and they're going to come to me and approach me awesome especially someone who also struggles with fantasy so very much part of my coping mechanisms growing up and into adulthood was based in having this fantasy life this fantasy life of someone coming and rescuing me and someone coming and saving me and someone immediately understanding me so this person is going to see me across the way be so enamored with me, go and talk to the pastor about me and come and become my friend and get to know me. And it just, it feels very good. And I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this that is respectful because I have, I have many women who I directly coach and love on. I have many women who are my dear friends and I have many former clients from the past. And also I was in this and also I respect where the intention of this is coming from. Wanting people to um, be, be mindful of not messing around, you know, and not playing with people's hearts and being clear and taking, taking it seriously, right? That someone could fall in love with you and you are doing this in honor to God and all of that, right? Here's the problem though. Here's the problem. The problem with that is for those of us that have this internalized disconnection from our bodies, 
from our sexuality, from our femininity, from that we it is okay to be beautiful, that it is okay to be desired, that it is okay to have these um, have healthy sexual health. It just reinforces those messages and pushes it way down, which compiles onto our, our original trauma. There is a part of us that we never get to develop because we're told that one day the box will be opened. <laughs> the box. Sorry, y'all. Um, obviously, I'm not fully, fully invested in this mindset anymore. Ooh, Lord, help me. Okay. One day a, the box will be opened and we will be able to fully flourish and explore these parts of ourselves. But a switch does not magically turn on when you've spent your whole life repressing yourself and shaming yourself for when you have any of these natural thoughts or urges come up. It is still there when you get into a loving, committed marriage, right? Because it's, marriage is the context here. That doesn't go away. How you trained your body, how you think about yourself, how you think about sex, um, the power that you gave to someone from in the future. So part of what goes along with this is the idea that when I meet somebody, all of these feelings and everything I need will magically be able to be given to me, that they will just know because I chose the right person. And Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Honor to God. We, we met with our pastor. We've grown this great friendship. So when it comes to sex, it'll work out. And if it doesn't work out, it's all things that we can learn. But if you've spent years learning how to not be in charge and not be connected to your body, to your sensuality, to your ability to access that, just because you've said vows and just because you have signed your marriage certificate and just because you have made this declaration in front of other people, the relationship that you have with yourself is what's the constant one. So it doesn't matter how amazing and giving this person is, if you cannot receive sexual pleasure, if you cannot ask for the things that you want, if you cannot let someone and embrace you and engage you in this way because of your own trauma, it's going to stay there, y'all. It's going to stay there. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. 
So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And there are so many stories of women who talk about this being their experience. You know, Miss Kev on stage is doing such a great job with her platform, dispelling some of the miseducation that Christian women have had to learn about their bodies and about sexuality and about what it means for themselves. And so um, I would encourage you to go and check out her podcast. She has had a lot of amazing guests if you relate to this part of yourself. But what this would look like for me is when I started dating someone, even if they identified as a Christian, if I felt that they had any, because I was so used to men supposedly just being like friend mode for so long, if they were more flirtatious than I felt comfortable with, then I would run. If they needed me to be more open and not be so flat with them. So I'm, I'm laughing, I'm engaging, I'm talking with them, but I'm still just giving homegirl energy. And so they didn't know, they thought I was just their, their homegirl. They thought I was just their friend because I would not match their energy. And so they didn't quite know if I liked them or not. And so I had to learn how to, to not be so stiff Basically, I had to learn how to fully show up as myself and still be in line with my values, but not be so restricted and be more open with with people. So that's the first one. And before I move on to the next one, I just want to mention one more damaging effect in addition to just reemphasizing and amplifying any detachment that you have from your body is I am watching a generation of women and these are women who are in my close personal friend group these are women that i have been therapist to in the past these are women that i've been coached to but i'm watching a whole generation of women who have followed these rules to the t who have been women who love the lord who have set themselves apart who have been open and engaging and done all the right things And they have a lot of great things going on for them. And they are still single. And there is heartbreak that comes along with that thinking, but I've followed all of the rules. I've done all the right things. And now they're at a place in their life where they're starting to reassess their relationship with their body, their relationship with the opposite sex, and wondering if there does need to be something different. If maybe there is something Um, that needs to be a little bit more flexible and fluid. And that's a little bit more open to, to knowing how to engage with people. Again, knowing how to stay true to your values and what you want, but knowing how to connect to someone in a way that is not as, as frigid or not as restrictive or rule, rule enforcing. And I know this isn't the case for any, for everyone. I know that some people will listen to this and be like, nah, like you're trying to lead people astray. And first of all, there's no rule. There's no real rules about dating in the Bible. Let's be clear. There's examples of how people courted in the past and what works for their culture at the time. But there is no thou shalt not date somebody for three months and then call each other boyfriend, girlfriend. Like there's no rules there. And so 
I just want people to know that you have the right and you have the privilege to figure out what works for you, to learn or unlearn or start an exploration journey and then find that what you've been doing is actually what works for you or find that what you've been doing has actually not been working for you. And it's okay for you to to do that process. And so I just wanted to say that out loud for any woman who's listening to this who has found themselves in this place where they're kind of wondering and they are reexamining and even feeling some grief and some sadness around maybe some time that they may feel has been lost. I just want you to know that you are amazing, that you have always been amazing, that it is never too late for you to be connected and to be open and to heal these parts of yourself. As long as you have breath in this life, you have the opportunity to connect and be open to every opportunity that you want. The second mistake I made um, dating as a love avoidant, and I said addict earlier, but this episode is dating as a love avoidant, is dating people out of pity or dating people I didn't actually like from the get-go. And so it is very common for someone who's love avoidant to decide to give people a chance. And the reasons for giving people a chance could be a lot of different things. It could be because your girlfriends are like, girl, you're just being so mean and so picky and you go out with someone. It's because you've been single for too long and or you're bored and you just want something to do. It could be because you are trying to do your self-healing work and realizing that you are picking people the wrong way. And so you're trying to do something different. So you actually go out on a date with someone. It could be any of those reasons, none of those reasons, but whatever, whatever it is, you know that you're not really feeling this person. And here, here's why that is a mistake. That is a mistake, not because you shouldn't, you should only go out with people that you feel that they are the one from the first time you meet. Um, I think we put a lot of emphasis on this high level sexual attraction from the first from the first moment, which I think sets many of us up for disappointment and sets many of us up to be in codependent addictive relationships because we need that intensity every moment and every minute and we get we get a, we get a, addicted to that. We want to do everything we can to get that original high back. And so chasing that high is is a mistake in itself. But going back to with with this with love avoidance, the the problem is not dating someone that you might not be initial initially super excited about. It's about your attitude and mindset that you're going into it with. So as a love avoidant, if I am saying, well, let me just throw this man some time. Let me just go ahead and see what this is about. And, you know, let me go ahead and get some dinner. That's a really funky attitude to start something with. And I'm not really going to be giving that person a chance. This could be the most amazing person. But because I'm already coming in with these blocks, with these walls up, that is either saying that I'm better than them, that they're not worth my time, that he needs to be three inches taller, that I don't like his hairline. With all of this stuff that I'm coming into this, coming into this with, I'm over here blocking my blessings, right? I'm blocking my blessings because they are not initially putting out all the toxic energy I'm typically attracted to. And so there must be something wrong, right? Versus me being open and actually getting to know someone and being curious about them and understanding that they have just as much value as I do. 
again, as long as they're not having red flags, you know, this is not me giving people the green light to go out with someone that your intuition is like, oh, nah, like this is going to be dangerous. <laughs> Do not go out with anyone that will be emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically dangerous, right? But the person who seems like the good guy or the good girl or the good person that you're like, you know, they've been trying to, they've been trying to get to know me and I've been swerving them. Do not go out on a date with them out of pity. Only go out on a date with them, even with knowing that you're not super like, oh, like this, this is it. Go out on a date with them because you're curious to get to know them because you want to listen to who they are and their stories. And you also want to show up as your full self. So me, because I went in with this funky attitude and I'd already known that it wasn't going to work out, you know, I wasn't really as open with them uh, for them to get to know me. And I also wasn't really that interested in getting to know them, if anything, because I was always, you know, I've been a therapist for for a minute, (laughs) y'all, because I was either in training for being a therapist or actually a therapist, I would slip into my helper mode, which is also something that I hear a lot of my students do and a lot of other people do, especially if they're also healers, is they will go into these dates. And another way that you put someone on a lower level than you is like you become their counselor. And so you're asking them stories about who they are and about their job and about their family and stuff. You start giving advice. You start therapizing them. And you might not, it might not be like obvious. Well, it's obvious. Like when they, when people start opening up and you keep asking leading questions and stories, sis, this, this is a date. Eat the bread, talk about your favorite movies, talk about, you know, your most fun experiences. Let's not talk about trauma. Let's not give someone you don't even know advice on how they should better and improve their life. Let, let's stay in the moment, right? But I would definitely disqualify people when I would do that as well. Okay. And the last mistake I would make as a love avoidant dating was I would go after people who were safer, who were safer conquests for me. So, and this would happen even after I started healing work on all the stuff that I talked about um, and kind of had my eyes open, but my low self-worth or low self-esteem would still show up in the type of partners I was picking. Or actually, I should probably say the ones I was not picking. So I still, even though I had been doing this work and having my eyes open, I would still get really intimidated around people who I assumed may not like me. And so those were the people who I would go back into my defense mechanism and be really great at engaging them and talking with them and making them feel safe and making them feel like I like them as a person. But they would not know that I was interested in them. And the people who I felt like weren't really a challenge to me or, you know, I could take them or leave them, those would be the ones that I would be more open and flirtatious with, y'all. And so here's, here's where that comes from. That comes from you not knowing that you deserve to be in the room. That comes from you not knowing that you have inherent worth and value and that the person is lucky to be talking to you, right? You you would be such an amazing prize to be that person's girlfriend or partner, right? And even if it's decided by your part, their part, or both of your parts that you would not be a good fit or that y'all would not be a good fit together, 
you still have worth and they still have worth, right? This is just another person. You know, so many times I would, because of my thinking in the past and and being so quick to like compare myself to other people and limit myself, I would subconsciously put people in categories bigger than me. Instead of just thinking and remembering that this is just another human being. (laughs) This is another human being just like me. And I can talk with them and I can flirt with them and I can tell them and show them that I'm interested. And I can also choose not to as well, you know, and it's okay. I get to show up however I want to show up and there's no shame in that. And so I know that that has a big overlap over the ones that I've already discussed, but I just wanted to share because I'll watch women become open Like the world will open up, they get their healing, they get their transformation, they get access to everything and they still doubt whether or not they deserve to be in the room or be be a consideration of the type of partner that they want. And yes, you do. You need to understand that you will be the upgrade to anyone's life. You will only add to it. And that is not from a place of you having to look down on them. You have us look down on them and saying that they will be nothing without me. Anytime we go into these places of ego, y'all, we got to check ourselves because we cannot, we cannot feel good about ourselves by putting other people down, period. And so, but you have to look at the different people or persons that you're looking to date and say, like, I would be amazing and they would be amazing for me because this is give and take. That's how you know you're slipping into love addiction when you look at it and you're like, okay, what can I do for them only? And also you're slipping into love avoidance when you're like, okay, what can they do for me only? And healthy and balanced relationships is when it's like, okay, This is going to take give and take, and this is going to be mutual share. So is there benefits on both sides? Or is it me coming in as, for my love addicted ladies, I know that that's not the topic of the episode, but for my love addicted ladies coming in and saying, okay, I can totally make their life better, and I can totally fix them up. And my love avoidance, are you only there as long as they make you laugh and make you happy, as long as they can entertain you and stay out of your way? And if that's where you are, if that is where you are, I need you to own it. I need you to not go into these relationships with people and get their hearts all strung out when you know that you do not want to be connected. And also my love avoidance, it is not enough for you to tell somebody, I don't want to be connected. And then if they decide to catch feelings, say that it's their fault. No, sis, you the one who saw it happening. And you milked the situation for as long as you could. And now you're upset that they're upset when you enabled the situation. Also, we have we have to look at the parts that we play in our relationships. We are not always innocent. And sometimes there's some self-accountability that we need to take. I'm starting to get into the different ways that love avoidance can show up. For me, my love avoidance did not show up that way, but it does often. And so maybe I will do a, no, well, I already have the original episode about how love avoidance will look like in relationships. So if you're like, say more, then you can go and check out that episode. Um, For me, it really looked like more just shutting down and not fully owning my sexuality and um, womanhood and ability to be open and connected to someone. And I know that that's the case for a lot of, of Christian women. So 
I wanted to specifically talk about that this episode, even though I don't talk about it often um, in the other ones. But that's it for today. I We still have our, our special this month for our You Are Worthy course. I talked a lot about worthiness. If you're wanting to understand where your sources of low self-worth are coming from and get some great exercises and journaling prompts and things to do on your own and the self-paced capacity to work through these things, go ahead and go to blackgirlsheal.org slash worthy and put in the code, coupon code MAY2021 to get $50 off. And I hope that you find it helpful. So that's it for today. I'm sending all of you love. We'll be continuing with this love avoidant and love addictive series um, in the next couple of weeks. But we will be talking about what this looks like in committed partnerships and marriage or what it looked like for me. <laughs> so if you're finding some pleasure in these examples, learning from my pain, then you can go ahead and check that out. And of course, I say that in jest, you know, everything, everything happens for a reason and everything brings you exactly to the person and the space you are supposed to be. Everything, everything works for your good, y'all. Every single thing, I promise. It's just as soon as we step in front And as soon as we take ownership and self-empowerment and know that we are able to write our stories, that we are in charge of flipping the page and starting our next chapter and healing the things that people try to put onto us and letting them go, we ain't got to carry it. Y'all, life gets so much easier and better. And we can talk about our war stories. We can talk about the things that we learned with, with freedom with more access to the self-love and self-acceptance that's always been there. So that's it for this episode. I will see you next week and y'all take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.